Mr. K24 Radio, oh yeah. Alrighty, hey, 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 how are you? I want to say a very good evening to you from wherever it is you are listening to the podcast and whenever you are indeed also listening to the podcast, I want to say good evening to you. It is the 30th day of the month of November, the year of our Lord 2020. Now it's about, um, should I say, 16 minutes before it is 11 p.m. Once again, my name is Mr. K. Folks call me the Cool K. And this right here is Thinking Out Loud with Mr. K, your Mr. K24 Radio. And of course, all my audio podcasts are hosted on Anchor.fm. So you want to hear more of my audio podcasts, just go to Anchor.fm, uh, type on the search or uh, the point where they wrote Discover. You just type Mr. K24 Radio right there and voila. All of my, you know, audio podcasts, they're going to come straight up in your face and you can listen to as many of them you want to listen to. <laughs> Matter of fact, you can even listen to all of them. There are quite a bunch, though. Yeah, you can listen to all of them. There's a great deal in there for you to check out. And of course, um, that's the whole business, isn't it? To keep this going, be consistent at it and making sure that I continue to bring you the news tidbits and of course, you know, the news updates, you know, doing the news thing like a chili chat affair, you know what I'm saying? So that's pretty much what the, the slant is, you know, for news update on Mr. K24 Radio. MR for Mr. KY for K, 24 for 24, and of course, radio, Mr. K24 Radio. That's right. That's it right there. So once again, I want to say, I want to say thanks a lot for stopping by to check us out. Okay, so what am I thinking out loud about today on the show? I'm thinking out loud with some news updates for you right here. So that's pretty much the way it is. So let me just quickly start with this one, you know. You know, this is coming from the Central Bank of Nigeria. You know, the Central Bank of Nigeria has announced that uh, beneficiaries of diaspora remittances through the international money transfer operators, also known as IMTO or IMTO, shall now receive payment in foreign currency, especially U.S. dollars, through the designated bank of their choice, as you have unrestricted access to their funds. Now, this is just as the bank also says that existing regulations which allow domiciliary account holders use their funds for business operations only will continue to be operated with extra funds sold in the investors and exporters I and E window. The APS Bank in a statement signed by OS Naji, Director of Trade and Exchange of CBN, said recipients of such remittances may have the option of receiving these funds in foreign currency, cash or into their domiciliary accounts. The CBN, in another circular titled Operation of Domiciliary Accounts, clarified that the above is for export proceeds domiciliary accounts while for ordinary domiciliary accounts, where accounts are funded by electronic slash wire transfers, account holders will be allowed unfettered and unrestricted use of these funds for eligible transactions, where accounts are funded by cash lodgements, existing regulation 
will continue to apply. Now, it further noted that these clarifications are necessary given the vastly improved capabilities of the CBN to monitor transactions for stolen money, laundering, and prevent adverse effect of dollarization in the economy. Now, these are some nice things to hear. And it's a good thing it's coming from the APES Bank in Nigeria. Now, these changes are necessary to deepen the foreign exchange market, provide more liquidity and create more transparency in the administration of diaspora remittances into Nigeria, the statement said. Okay, not a bad one, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's a bright, bright way of going about it in this particular news update. Uh, we're starting with that good story. Now, the next story pretty much uh, is something a bit disturbing. Recall that there was, um, you know, a massacre in a place in, in, in the northeast of the country, in Brunei State, on Saturday, uh, where some just farmers, ordinary farmers, were killed by the insurgents. And um, it's a horrible situation, I tell you. A horrible situation. Now, the U.S. Embassy in a statement on Monday came up with a statement on the matter. The United States has condemned in the strongest terms the Saturday killing of 43 rice farmers in Borono State, stating that it stands with Nigeria against terrorism. It also offered its condolences to the families and friends of those killed or kidnapped the U.S. Embassy in a statement on Monday titled U.S. Condemns Attack in Borono State said the United States offers our deepest condolences to the families and friends of those killed or kidnapped. Now, these aberrant attacks are stark reminders of why the United States stands with the Nigerian government and people as they fight to defeat terrorism and work to bring the perpetrators to justice. Oh, man, that's, that's massive for the three ordinary rice farmers. It just makes you wonder if the government is not getting their job description very, very wrongly in this particular instance. I mean, because security of lives and property, that's the first duty of any government, whether it is um, a local government, whether it is a state government, or anywhere in the country, they, you know, within the purview of every every state, in the purview of every political scope, the purview of every political, you know, task, all of those things are put together. There would be nothing if you do not make security, you know, first on the purview of any government, anyone in government, especially. I mean, even if you are. A, if you're a councillor who says you cannot ensure that um, the security of lives and property in your ward, who says the local government chairman cannot strive to ensure that peace reigns in his local government, detail for the state government. So the first or the major business of government is the security of lives and property. Now, an interesting news coming through, you know, President Muhammad Buhari reacting to the, the killings on, on Saturday. President Muhammad Buhari, you know, Major General Muhammad Buhari retired. On Monday said he has directed the nation's armed forces to take the anti-terrorism fight 
to the insurgents, according to a statement by Senior Special Assistant of Media and Publicity, Garuba Shehu. The president disclosed this in a message sent through his chief of staff, Ibrahim Gambari, to the Boronu state governor, Baba Gananzulum. Now, the Shehu of Boronu and the Zabamari community, where the 43 rice farmers were killed by insurgents on Saturday. The statement was titled, High-Powered Government Delegation Visit Meduguri, President Buhari Vows to End Terrorism. According to Shehu, the president in the message described the massacre as senseless, barbaric, and gruesome murder. He further quoted Buhari as given assurances of his continuous commitment to fighting insurgency and all forms of insecurity in Bruno State and all over Nigeria. He said Buhari committed himself to making more resources available to the military to prosecute the war adding that he will work closely with neighboring countries on bilateral and multilateral levels to ensure that there is no hiding place for the terrorists. According to the statement, the president said nothing is more important than ensuring security of lives and property of the people. Everything is secondary when security is at stake, so says the president. As among the laws of our sons, Zambamari, the armed forces have been given the marching order to take the fight to the insurgents, not on a one-off, but on a continuous basis until we root out the terrorists. Now that begs for an answer to a question. Are you saying that our armed forces have not been doing this? all these years have they just been holding their lines or waiting for the terrorists to take the initiative before they can act that is a very very funny development if you ask me it's quite funny you know that an order now tells them to take the fight to, 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 the, to the insurgents it just tells you you know many of the troubles that we've been having in the country with what is happening in the northeast of Nigeria. We've got sons and daughters, we've got brothers and sisters in the armed forces of the Federal Republic of Nigeria who are out there, you know, in the northeast of the country, trying to ensure that um, the Boko Haram terrorist group doesn't get the, you know, what they say, doesn't get the better of us in, in, in the conflict, you know, what is going on there. But if our armed forces have not been given the order to charge on, you know, before today, it leaves very, very many, it leaves a lot of people wondering exactly, you know, what did the president mean by that? Is it that our, our lads have not been charging at these terrorists, you know? Have they just been sitting out somewhere in their trenches and just waiting for the insurgents to show up? instead of going after them, flush them out. Those are questions that a lot of people are asking right now, but it's so sad that for the three rice farmers, ordinary people trying to earn a living, were killed by the insurgents just this weekend. It's sad, isn't it? Now, as the president continues, he says, as we mourn the loss of our sons in Zabamari, the armed forces have been given the marching order to take the fight to the insurgents, not on a one-off, but on a continuous basis 
until we root out the terrorists. Finally, the right order going to the lads who are fighting out there and trying to save our fatherland, Nigeria. Now, the president also commended Zulum, that's talking about the governor of the state, for his leadership in running the affairs of the state. Recall that recently, uh, you know, the governor of uh, Boronu State, Zulum, escaped, you know, in two ambushes. He was ambushed two times within two months by the Boko Haram terrorists. The last, you know, attack on the convoy, 14 soldiers died, and, you know, in, in that particular attack. It just makes you, it, it breaks your heart, doesn't it? Oh, boy. Now, the presidential aid that's talking about uh, the media aid to President Muhammad Buhari, that's talking about Garba Lawal, he said the president, uh, from the message, uh, you know, of president of the country and also the president of the Senate, Ahmed Lawan, uh, they spoke about the government um, uh, determination to ensure that the terrorists did not get the better of us. Lawan spoke for the government team to the state. Yes, the Senate president was actually the man that spoke um, to the state government. Zulum was also quoted as saying, thanking the president for ensuring rel- relative peace since his assumption of office, stating that the situation is better than he met it. The statement added, the governor presented a number of requests on behalf of his people, including that the youth of the state should be enlisted in military and paramilitary organizations to play their roles in the defense of the nation. He called on the federal government to assist in the repatriation of Borolu indigents in camps in neighboring countries and requested the National Assembly to tweak the draft budget now before them to allow better allocation of resources for the Northeast subregion, which he alleged has been sidelined at the moment. Now, are the palace, it does right, um, at the palace of the Sheikh of Borunum, His Eminence Abubakar Maru ibn Gabai, the traditional ruler described as madness, the gruesome killings, and urged his subjects to pray and offer useful information to the security forces. I thank President Muhammad Buhari for his efforts in, you know, returning normalcy to the state. Are you kidding me? You know, on Saturday, 43 of um, the people of your state were killed, and you're talking about you thanking President and his efforts in returning normalcy. That's politics right there, spoiling the taste. Obviously, spoiling the tastes of um, whatever it is, the information that is being passed from the government, you know, the federal government to the state government. And the next thing you know, you're thanking President Buhari for making sure that um, normalcy returns to the state. That's that's just, that's a big no. But it's all right, that's what you get from politicians. They don't say the truth all the time. They have to remain loyal. <laughs> like they used to say in this part of the country, in my native language, they will say, Umana loya uryoya. What that means in my, in, in, my, in, my, in my native language, it means that if you're not loyal, you should be ready 
to be rubbish, to be the loser, all right? You'll be cut off the supply, <laughs> as it were. So politicians, they try as much as possible to remain loyal so that they don't you yeah. All right, let's step things up a bit now. We're still in the northern part of the country right now. We are the Kaduna State Governor, Nasser Erufai. The man has urged the leadership of the All Progressives Congress to honor the informal agreement of ensuring that power goes to the southern region of Nigeria in 2023. Erufai spoke on Monday night while featuring on one of the television station's programs, uh, you know, captioned, uh, you know, politics today. He said there have been increase in demands by leaders of the southern part of the country that power be zoned to the region after the regime of President Major General uh, Muhammad Buhari retired. Now, that's pretty much, um, you know, a situation that is beginning to gather a momentum it's looking like everyone is thinking of 2023 as we speak. And of course, um, a lot has been happening in that direction. Recall that a few days ago, Governor Dave Omahi of Ebony State had recently defected from the People's Democratic Party to the APC, saying the ruling party would protect the interests of the Southeast people in the 2023 presidential election. Now, the Minister of Works and Housing, Babatunde Fashola, had also asked the APC to honor his agreement on zoning, one that the Kaduna State Governor corroborated on Monday night. Erufai said, I think it is important to make this clarification. Personally, I'm against zoning because I believe that no country has made progress choosing leaders based on where they come from or their ethnicity or religion. I am against it and I don't practice it. I work with the people from every part of the country. I don't care about their religion or ethnicity. I just want to get things done uh, with the most competent persons with capacity and commitment. That's my personal position. That's coming from Erify. Like he said, he needed, he needed to make that clear. However, according to him, I believe that as a party, after eight years of President Muhammad Buhari, we should honor the informal agreements of ensuring that power goes to the south. Now, whether it is southwest or southeast, that's a different matter. Like, seriously, that's a different matter. The last time I checked, we have five geopolitical zones in the country. That's right. But however, when it comes to the two major political parties in the country, they think of the country as comprising of two zones, the North and the South. Now, if you are celebrating, if you were, you know, if you're from South South, just like I am, and then, you know, when everybody says power should be given to the South again, that got me thinking, you know, normally when they say South, I used to think that us, that's us, the Niger Delta. I used to think that's us, you know, when they say South. But for the two major political parties, it's either North or South. And for them, it doesn't matter really whether it goes to the Southwest or the Southeast. <laughs> he says that's a different matter altogether. He says we have agreed, uh, we have a gentleman's agreement that power will go to the South, and I support that. In as much as I, I, I don't think we should select leaders that way, but in the present day Nigeria, that is an interim measure to pursue. 
but having said that our party has not taken any decision as far as i know as president goodluck jonathan and former vice state governor from the south south part of the country handed over power to the incumbent president Muhammad Buhari from Katsina state in 2015 after the former lost to the latter at the poll there you go so the 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 permutations the you know the trade-off the cross-capitating everything is getting up right now and of course it's looking like um, whatever is going on at the moment you know doesn't hold much you know much promise or much substance what now holds promise and substance to the politicians is 2023 but gentlemen let us first of all think of the now okay do something about the now i'm glad you mentioned incumbent president Muhammad buhari that's right this is his job if security is failing in nigeria it means our president is failing on the job. For crying out loud, the man said it at the beginning, like he could fix things, he's going to fix it. And to just find out that, you know, after 43 rice farmers got killed by the insurgents over the weekend, is now asking the soldiers to charge on, take the fight to the terrorists. The question is, what the flying donut have you been doing the whole time just waiting somewhere instead of flushing them out well a whole nother story you know so much to say about that and lastly the president said we wish to commiserate um, uh, you know the leaders of the northeast the government and people of Borno state and the families of the assassinated farmers on this sad development we pray that God will see the nation through these difficult times. Well, somebody could say amen to that, isn't it? All right, let's see. Um, let me just quickly drop one more story. And I think it out loud will be done and dusted today. Okay, well, here we go. You know, it is, it, it's a very terrible situation. What's going on in... in in Ethiopia right now there's a lot going on over there that it's so distressing yes we will talk about it but let me just quickly uh, go through with this uh, France has promised to rewrite police security bill after huge protest published uh, three hours ago boy Media caption music producer Michael Zeckler is seen being beaten up by officers in his studio. French politicians said they would totally rewrite parts of a controversial security bill amid national outrage over a police assault on a black man. You see? Another assault on a black man. This is not George Floyd again. Just another brother in France. They said, and there were huge protests across France on Saturday against Article 24 of the bill, which aims to regulate how people share film or photos of police. There are fears the new law could stop people exposing police brutality. Four policemen are now under criminal investigation over the beating of a black music producer, Mike Mitchell Ziegler, in Paris. The assault happened at his studio earlier this month 
and of course the video surfaced last week. Christophe Castene, the head of uh, President Emmanuel Macron's group of centrist MPs in Parliament, said Article 24 will be completely rewritten and a new version will be submitted. We know that doubts persist about it, the interior minister explained, while we can never tolerate any reduction of press freedom or images, Article 24 would not have affected in any way the spread of those images we have seen in recent days, he added. Protesters in Paris held slogans that read journalists under arrest and smiled, you have been filmed. <laughs> oh dear. Now, the, the, the plot cards of the protesters pretty much telling the story that they want to tell. And if there are pictures, video, video evidence of police brutality, uh, acts of, um, you know, mindlessness and, you, you know, unwarranted, uh, you know, brutality and so on and so forth against a normal uh, everyday citizen, you know, and somebody around has a good phone with a, with, a, with a brilliant camera for crying out loud, pull that phone camera for you, put it in use, record whatever it is that the police is doing to the innocent, you know, person on the streets while he's on the job. And of course, that becomes something to pass around to make the changes that the world now needs to happen, right? I expect people, you know, to just get wise with that. That shouldn't bother any government. I don't think so. Seriously, I don't think so. Uh, it's hard to believe that um, in this day and age, you know, people are thinking more and more about stifling the common man. They want to take the initiative away from the common man. They don't want police to be shown when they're on the job for crying out loud, what's wrong in watching a police officer on the job. I recall that in the United States, um, you know, some of the state police departments, you know, uh, they wear a camera on their shoulder, you know, that camera on their shoulder, what it does is that it shows, you know, uh, the job detail of the person, you know, how he's working, who he's speaking to, who is he's arresting, who he's checking out and so on and so forth. That tells you there is actually efforts being made that there is nothing to hide. The police officers are friends, you know, they should protect and serve. But while they are doing it, we decide to put on our phone cameras and, you know, take some good pictures of the police officers. That should not be a problem. Well, that's me just saying, isn't it? <laughs> But actually, that is how it ought to be, and I think it's totally wrong for, for any government at all to think about stifling, you know, the rights of the citizens to use their phones to record police officers on, on the job. Okay, let's move on to the Ethiopia crisis now. Now, let's start with Michele. That's pretty much where the situation is, isn't it? Ethiopia's Tigray crisis, Tigray force still fighting despite army push, army Mekele push. That story actually came out about five hours ago. Yes, um, the Mekele, the capital city of Tigray region, is a city of about 500,000 people. 
The head of local forces in Ethiopia's northern region of Tigray says they are still fighting near the city of Mekele, which was seized by government troops at the weekend. The Brasium Gabriel Michael, who leads the Tigray People's Liberation Front, the TPLF, also says his fighters have retaken another key city. Now, the government denies the claims and insists the TPLF has been crushed. Hundreds of people have reportedly been killed in the month-long conflict. Thousands have been displaced while the UN and aid agencies have voiced concern about the humanitarian situation. Damn. Now, with all phone lines, you know, cut, internet disconnected from the people, it is impossible to independently verify the statements from either side of the divide in the conflict. Ethiopian soldiers accused of blocking border with Sudan can Ethiopia ignore Africa's diplomats? That's a big question. Why did Ethiopia may be marching into guerrilla war? What does the TPLF say? Big questions. Well, the truth of the matter is um, the government, the Addis Ababa government, that happens to be the mainstream government, they announced that they have captured Mekele and six hours after they announced this, that they bombarded McKenna as propaganda. Why can't they send the international community some videos to at least, you know, get to see what exactly is going on? All right, I want to say a very big thank you to you for letting me think out real loud here. I'm thinking out loud with Mr. K on Mr. K24 Radio. It's been a delight having you for company this evening. <laughs> and if I have my way, we could do this a whole lot more in one particular podcast. But you know, we can't do a whole lot more because we cannot do a whole lot more. <laughs> All right, so let's just leave it like that. We cannot do a whole lot more. All right, thanks a lot. Um, we're going to think out loud again in our subsequent podcast. Until then, let me just say, stay safe, stay happy, stay gentle, but remain focused. Once again, my name is Mr. K. Folks call me the Cool K. I'll see you in the next podcast. Bye. Um, Mr. K24 Radio. Oh yeah.